You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Things off on a Monday edition of Sportsnet today. It's Logan Gordon along with you, live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta, for Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, cracked foundation, Boeing foundation walls. They have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basementy. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. The All-Star break is done. We are back with NHL hockey this Monday night with two games. And the Calgary Flames were back on the ice in Boston as they get set to kick off a four-game post-All-Star break road trip, which features a couple of new faces in key roles for the Calgary Flames. We'll get you the latest from Boston, new lines and deep pairings. For Ryan Huska's crew, we'll hear from a couple members of the Calgary Flames as they have returned from their all-star break, refreshed and ready to go against one of the NHL's best Tuesday night in Boston. Outstanding producers this afternoon are Cam and Azam. The fan feedback line is open to you at 960-960. We'd love to hear from you on this Monday. We'll bring you the latest from Boston as far as the Calgary Flames getting back on the practice ice in just a few moments. We'll also check in from Boston with our pal Julian McKenzie. Of course, covers the Flames for the Athletic. He was in Toronto for All-Star Weekend. We'll see what uh, Julian got up to over the busy weekend in T.O. And uh, also go over the rest of the Flames schedule with him as he's going to be on the road trip with them for at least a portion of it. So we'll get Julian's thoughts on that. We'll also hear from NHL insider Elliot Friedman, the 32 Thoughts podcast, latest edition dropping on this Monday. Lots of information about the Calgary Flames and perhaps what's next for GM Craig Conroy after last week's mega deal that sent Elias Lindholm to the Vancouver Canucks. Well, let's start it off with the Flames in Boston on this Monday. Obviously, after last week's trade, we've been waiting to see what the Flames would look like after trading away their number one center. Well, we have at least early answers to those questions. These lines and deep pairings are courtesy of our pal Julian McKenzie. From The Athletic, he's on the ground in Boston. And we can tell you that uh, Ryan Huska, keeping as much of his lineup together as possible. he got two new faces to the team that he's got to sort out with, but a bunch of new faces overall because in the last week or so, the Calgary Flames have added NHLer Andre Kuzmenko. Braden Bahal has been acquired off of waivers from the Vegas Golden Knights, and they recalled a handful of forwards from the American Hockey League's Calgary Wranglers and are now trying to bring them up to speed and get them into an NHL lineup. So here's what we can tell you from Boston. Again, courtesy of our pal Julian McKenzie of The Athletic. Uh, Your first line looks like this. Jonathan Huberto on the left side of Sharon Govich and Kuzmenko. So Kuzmenko getting a shot on a line that I think a lot of people I saw pairing up 
over the last couple of days as we wondered where Andre Kuzmenko is going to fit in this Flames lineup while Yegor Sharangovich in the midst of a great season with the Calgary Flames now shifts to center to take over for Elias Lindholm. He's got Huberto and Kuzmenko on his wings. Good to see Martin Pospisil back and healthy. Looks like he'll be ready to go for Tuesday's matchup against Boston. He's back on that wing with Kadri and Zeri. Manjapani with Backlund and Coleman. And your fourth line saw a bit of a rotation. Cole Schwint at center. Walker Dewar on the right side with Kevin Rooney and Jacob Peltier rotating on the left. So good to see Rooney and Peltier back with the club after... Uh, long injury layoffs for both of them. They've gotten some games in with the Calgary Wranglers, and we'll see who gets the call Tuesday in Boston. New look D pairings as well after Braden Pahal was picked up off of waivers from the Vegas Golden Knights. You've got Uyghur with Anderson, Hannafin with Tanev, Shillington with the new guy Pahal, Gilbert and Osterley operating as your fourth pair. Uh, Andre Kuzmenko wearing number 96 for those curious. Braden Pahal wearing number 94. So the big move, Yegor Sharangovich, who has played a considerable amount of center uh, during his NHL career, but not so much here in Calgary, is going to be the guy tasked with most of the heavy lifting, it looks like, with Elias Lindholm gone. And that's going to be interesting to see how that works out. Obviously, it took Yegor some time to feel comfortable here in Calgary. But once that happened, he's been on a tear ever since. One of the most reliable offensive weapons for Ryan Huska. But the game changes when you're at that center ice position. Interesting to see. We never really got Lindholm and Huberto on the same page, it felt like. Maybe Kuzmenko, maybe that right shot, that scoring threat who almost had 40 last year as a member of the Vancouver Canucks. Maybe that's the answer. Uh, to get Jonathan Huberto consistently producing points for this Flames team. We'll have to see, and no doubt it'll be a big uh, subject for people to watch Tuesday against one of the best in the league, the Boston Bruins. Uh, Also, with Kuzmenko in and Lindholm out, we saw some new-look power play units. Power play one, Sharon Govich with Kadri, Kuzmenko, Huberto, and Hannafin. Power play two, Coleman, Backlund, Zeri with Anderson and Uyghur. So no surprise there. I think if we go back to last week and hearing what GM Craig Conroy said about the conversations that got Andre Kuzmenko feeling good about waiving his no trade to come to Calgary, you would have imagined it was, hey, we're going to put you in a position to succeed, give you some of those opportunities that maybe you weren't getting in Vancouver because of whatever, the relationship, I don't think it was a relationship issue, it was just a style fit with Rick Taka that didn't work out. Uh, you're going to get that opportunity, and the Flames have been dying for a right-shot offensive threat in this lineup for a while now, and trading away Elias Lindholm took away a right shot for this Flames team. I'm very curious about what Andre Kuzmenko can be for the Calgary Flames. A lot of people have used the words reclamation project. There'll be lots of comparisons to to Yegor Sharangovich, but for me, this is a low-risk, potential high-reward move for the Calgary Flames. I don't think you have the kind of season you did last year by accident if you're Andre Kuzmenko. I'm not sure you hear from different insiders. You've heard from Jason Bukla, who's been in the scouting world for a long time. 
maybe Kuzmenko's not an every year 40 goal guy, but he's certainly a more productive player than he's been so far this year with Vancouver. And sometimes it's all about opportunity at five and a half million dollars for the rest of this season and all of next year. Salary cap going up, some money coming off the books if you're the Calgary Flames, um, money that you're not going to hand out for an Elias Lindholm extension. I think you can pretty easily swallow the $5.5 million if you're Craig Conroy and take a chance. We've heard that he's open to moving Kuzmenko if the, the right offer came up. I don't know if this trade deadline is a fair expectation to move a player like Kuzmenko. It might take him some time to adapt to the lineup and maybe get back to producing at a level that would encourage other teams to want to make an offer for him. But what's the harm in bringing him back next season, exploring an option at the trade deadline? And like we said, he just turned 28 on Sunday. Happy birthday, by the way, your first birthday as a member of the Calgary Flames. It's not like we're talking about an aging asset when this contract is done. If the Calgary Flames and Andre Kuzmenko turn out to be a good fit, maybe there's an opportunity down the road to talk about Kuzmenko staying past that. I don't think that's the most likely outcome here for the Calgary Flames and Andre Kuzmenko, but you never want to rule anything like that out. I think it's a really good opportunity for the Calgary Flames to take a chance on a player and either get some more assets or perhaps let Andre Kuzmenko use the opportunity in front of him here in Calgary that he wasn't getting with Vancouver because he just didn't mesh stylistically uh, with what Rick Tockett's been trying to do there. So, of course, lots of that um, fallout from the trade that saw Elias Lindholm traded to the Vancouver Canucks. It was a bit of an awkward scene. Of course, lots of people were curious, would there be any Flames representation at All-Star Weekend. There wasn't any. Um, the weekend went by. Elias Lindholm was wearing um, a jersey with the Canucks patch on it. Funny enough, he was the only Canuck that didn't get drafted um, to the same team. So he was the only one wearing the uh, the other colored sweater there. So that was kind of funny to see. But I, I think for both sides, we're talking about a pretty good fit here. And, of course, everyone in Calgary will shift to what's next for this team and what is coming down the pipeline. And it's something that, of course, Elliot Friedman, our NHL insider, was curious about. And it's something that we'll continue to watch. Uh, here's Elliot Friedman on uh, the 32 Thoughts podcast, which just dropped uh, the latest edition on this Monday, talking about next options for the Calgary Flames and Craig Conroy and how that might revolve around defenseman Chris Tanev. Here's uh, Elliot Friedman on the 32 Thoughts podcast this Monday. You know, one other thing I just wanted to touch on, Jeff, was the Calgary Flames and defense. On Sunday, they claimed Braden Pahal on waivers from the Vegas Golden Knights. Ryan Pike, who does a great job covering the Flames, pointed out that Pahal was at Calgary's prospects camp five years ago. So he's someone they know. And uh, I like Pahal, the limited I've seen of him. I think there's a player there. But what it says to me is it's a reminder that Calgary has some decisions to make on their blue line. First of all, Noah Hannafin. You'll remember, eight times seven and a half was the offer. He was close to taking it. They lost a couple of games earlier in the season. He got cold feet. Things were in limbo. They started talking to him again, but they want an answer. Um, it's been all-star break. 
They've asked Hannafin to think about it. Their first game back is in Boston, where's where which is where Hannafin's family lives. I'm assuming they're going to get an answer one way or the other. So that could lead to a decision. The other one is Chris Tanev. The Flames, we know they're willing to deal. Dealt Zadorov a bit ago. Now they dealt Lindholm last week. I think teams have been on them about Tanev. Ottawa, we know about. I don't expect that to happen now. I believe Toronto was re-engaged, especially as recently as this weekend. There are teams that suspect Tampa is in there. I've been wondering about Jersey, but for a rental, does Tanev make any sense? Uh, Because they simply don't know if they're a playoff team right now. Does a rental make sense for them? The other team I kind of wonder about a little bit, and this is just my opinion on how they feel about their defense, is potentially a team like Winnipeg. They've been very good this year, um, but they went out and they got a rental Monaghan. And to me, that would be a team that you know, would be at least looking around and considering some things. I just wonder if that would make any sense with them. That's my own personal opinion. But I do think there's been some increased engagement on Tanev. We'll see where we go on Hannafin. And it's not surprised that Calgary would pick up a defenseman on waivers like Pahal because they might need some extra defensemen soon. So that's NHL insider from Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada, Elliot Friedman, on the latest edition of the 32 Thoughts podcast. Just dropped this Monday. Uh, if you want the full edition, there's a ton of all-star game content and other stuff there uh, from Elliot and Jeff, wherever you get your podcast. But interesting to hear, we kind of heard that was what was happening with Hannafin over the all-star break was, hey, this is kind of the direction we're going in. Are you in? Are you out? How do you feel about the group going forward? But continuing to hear from Elliot and others that there's a large amount of interest in Chris Tanev. It makes a lot of sense. The names that Elliot just dropped there, uh, Ottawa, maybe more of an off-season thing. Toronto's re-engaged. We've heard former Flames GM Brad Schilling's been interested in Chris Tanev. I think going back to the beginning of this season, is Tampa Bay looking to add? They're always uh, a sneaky team to watch when we get to this part of the season. Uh, Are the New Jersey Devils interested? They could use some help on the back end. Uh, Is Winnipeg uh, a team that's interested? They're near the top of the NHL standings. They just added Monaghan, but are they interested in adding more? So Craig Conroy's got a lot on his plate over the next couple of weeks and has clearly shown we don't have to wait till the trade deadline to get something done here in Calgary. If you're willing to pay the price that it's going to take to get one of these players, we'll deal them now. And look, the Tanev thing... And injury-wise is always a concern. So I I don't know that there's a priority on getting it done any sooner because of how Chris Tanev plays. But you know, with the waiver claim for Braden Pahal, the Flames clearly have an eye to the next couple of weeks and understand that they might need some bodies, especially on that back end, as the futures of Chris Tanev and Noah Hannafin are still up in the air. Uh, Elliot and Jeff uh, were on the Jeff Merrick Show earlier this Monday and sort of expanded more on the Calgary Flames. A little bit more on Hannafin and Tanev, but also on the fit of Andre Kuzmenko in Calgary going forward and the new look Flames as they begin life post-All-Star break and post-Elias Lindholm trade. Here's Elliot and Jeff on the Jeff Merrick Show earlier this Monday. Okay, let me get your thoughts on the Calgary Flames because, you know, whenever there's a trade, you're dying to see the new player in the lineup wearing the new jersey and who they play with and how they perform, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the Calgary Flames face off against the Boston Bruins 
tomorrow as we start to you know roll here and, and get more games going only two tonight um andre kuzmenko we are wondering about and yegor sharingovich gets the uh gets the nice bump up uh to the elias lindholm spots as firmly held by so it'll be sharingovich in the middle of kuzmenko and jonathan huberdo your thoughts on this troika as put together by ryan huska well i, I think it's it, it's really interesting um First of all, because like a couple of weeks ago, you could never even imagine this kind of thing. Um, it, yeah. it says to, it says to me how much, like Sharangovich, he gets traded for Toffoli, and you're like, okay, it looks interesting. Mm-hmm. What kind of player you got here? And what you're, and I, you know, when, when you have a player who's struggling like Huberto, and you have another player who you're bringing into who struggled this year, Kuzmenko, you always try to put them with someone who's going to help you get out of it, right? Like, mm-hmm. what does that say to you about the respect that Sharon Govich has earned inside that organization that he's the guy with? 100%. 100%. And, you know, I think, too, I, you know, you look at it, you think, you know, only a couple of years ago we were talking about, you know, the top line in the NHL with, uh, you know, with Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk and Elias Lindholm. And now, you know, if I had told you a couple of years later, Elliot, that their leading scorers would be Blake Coleman and Yegor Sharon Govich. Uh, inside of a couple of years, you would have looked, looked at me sideways. But here we are. But you're right about mm-hmm. Sharon Govich. Like it took a while to find the spot, but right now this looks like a really good trade. This looks like a really good trade for the Calgary Flames. It, it does. I mean, uh, look, like to, to fully, we'll see where that goes. But you know, Sharon Govich was an interesting guy. I, I remember when he last year he lost his job. Like people said to me, this is not a this is not because the player is bad. Now he's getting beaten out on this team, and they think if he's not a top six guy, there's no spot in the lineup for him. But people told me he will find a spot somewhere else that maybe isn't as top heavy as New Jersey is, and he will show what a good player he is. Yeah, and he has done that, and credit to the kid. By the way, we should also just mention. I don't know if you've seen it because I know you're working. The Calgary Flames sent out a message from uh, Lanny McDonald uh, on their social accounts a few minutes ago just saying that he had a a cardiac event after arriving back at the Calgary airport and had two uh, selfless nurses, as um, he called them. Um, uh, Basically, he said, quote, I owe them my life. So just want to wish all the best to Lanny and just uh, shout out the two nurses, who I'm sure will be discovered at some point in time, but... It's just another reminder that uh, uh, our nurses and our medical professionals, we don't thank them until we absolutely need them. Uh, Absolutely. And uh, listen, especially around travel, too. I always, I don't know about you, but I always wonder about that every time I step onto a plane or walking through an airport. Um, Bravo. Uh, Bravo, nurses. Bravo. one thing I and a speedy recovery to Lanny, one of the great yep. not just you know players, but one of the great people of the game and in, in the history of it. Uh, one final touch here on on Sharon Govich. Um, just listening to you talk about him and how people have talked about him before. You know who told me that going back to last spring, who's always been his hugest supporter and backer. And anytime you ask him about Sharon Govich, he will talk glowingly. And talk about how this guy can be a high-end player in the NHL for a long time. Who that? That is Mikhail Grabowski. 
Mm. Now, their buddies going way back. They're both Belarusian. Grabo used to always tell me about Sharon Govich. You got to pay attention to Sharon Govich. This guy is outstanding. Um, you know, fellow fellow countrymen as well. Grabo has been a big fan. So it's funny, uh, when, it, when it finally started to stick with Calgary, I got the See, I Told You So uh, text from Grabo. And you're right, Sharon Govich looks real good. Uh, a real final, a quick final thought on, on Calgary with this one. Uh, what's the expectation for Andre Kuzmenko here? I mean, we mentioned, you know, the, the project with Yegor Sharon Govich, and that has worked out. Is it similar with Andre Kuzmenko? Although he has had the success previous, we should mention. I it. think so. I think, I think just like refine your game. Uh, this is a fresh start. Uh, get back to what you were. Um, Look, like the the Flames had to convince him to wave, right? So they were obviously prepared yeah. for him. They they sold him on it. Um, you know, it, it was funny, like uh, like Kuzmenko doesn't speak a lot of English, right? So I think at times the Flames really wondered, are we getting through to him? Is this is this working? Is he buying what we're selling? And uh, ultimately, he accepted the trade, so the answer was yes, but. I just think what you do is you say, hey, like, you're, you're starting all over again. This is new. Just get to your strengths, and we'll try to put you in them. And, you know, we'll see what happens here with Kuzmenko. You know, Eric Francis kind of talked about how he could get flipped uh, somewhere. Um, you know, we'll see. But basically, you have a free look at this player and uh, see if you get look. As you said, they, they it's a home for Sharon Govich. You know, you're probably hoping it's a home for Kuzmenko, yeah. too. Okay, uh, quickly, the Braden Pahal uh, claim off waivers by the Calgary Flames. What does this mean, Elliot? Well, uh, first of all, credit to Ryan Pike, who, who pointed out that Pahal was at the uh, Flames development camp in 2018. So this is obviously a player who's been on the Flames radar for some time. Uh, Pahal is, uh, yep. like, I've li- you know, he hasn't played a ton, but I've liked what I've seen of him there. There definitely is potential there. Um, but what it says is that, you know, A, this is a good player that we want to see, and B, we might have a need for this soon. Like, I think Calgary, you know, Calgary's in Boston right now. That's Noah Hannafin's home. I think they want to get an answer from Hannafin. Are you staying or not? So we can sort this out. I mean, we're a month from the trade deadline. And B, I, I think it also is a sign about Tanev. Now, um, you know, I think the Leafs are very serious about Tanev. Uh, I think the biggest problem is they don't have a second-round pick for three years. I think that really complicates their chances here. But I think they're serious about it, and I don't think they're the only ones. Um, you know, uh, I think there's a few teams in and around there, and uh, I think the, the I think Tanev in particular would probably love it if this was over already. But... Um, Sure. I, I think it's just an acknowledgement that there's going to be a lot around him, and at some point in time, both he and the Flames are going to have a decision to make. There you go. More from Elliot Friedman on the Jeff Merrick Show. So lots of Flames news going around on this Monday. Obviously on the ice with Yegor Sharon Govich, centering a line with Jonathan Huberto and Andre Kuzmenko. And then on the future of the club, Noah Hannafin and Chris Tanev really in the spotlight now as Braden Pahal joins the team. Uh, being a waiver claim off of uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, but wondering if that's not to help fill a spot if they lose another NHL body like a Tanev or a Hannafin, and maybe one of these deals doesn't include uh, an NHL are coming back. You're going to need some depth if you're the Calgary Flames, and uh, Pahal is certainly a guy that helps fill that void. You heard Elliot mention a couple times there, uh, you know, Ryan Pike mentioning 
he was in development camp for the Calgary Flames a couple years ago, so they obviously know him, and they're uh, trying to figure out if he's going to be a good spot. He was on a pairing with Oliver Shillington at practice in Boston on Monday. I uh, did want to uh, get to the text line, the 960-960, the fan feedback line. It's always open to you. Love to hear from you on this Monday. Lots of questions coming in, obviously. It's a big day uh, as we get to see the new-look Flames lines and get ready for this four-game road trip out in Boston. Uh, let's start with uh, this one from Kelly and Copperfield. Why would Andre wave his no-move to if the Flames could possibly move him? Does his 10-team no-trade still exist? I get he could come here and showcase himself, but you would think he would have wanted to be traded somewhere else to stick around. Uh, his no-trade list does still exist. I believe he has to resubmit it uh, to the Calgary Flames and, and give them a, an updated one. I'm not 100% sure on that. I'd have to ask somebody like Ryan Pike if that's uh, accurate because Calgary was on there. Um, but, uh, yeah, for Kuzmenko, I think it's an opportunity to, to play on a consistent basis, to get an opportunity, and who knows? Yes, he was on a good team in Vancouver, but he wasn't playing very much. The fit didn't work with Rick Tockett and do you want to go into the final year of your contract next year knowing that you're going to be a guy that's in and out of the lineup? Or would you rather go to Calgary where they're promising you, you know, prominent time on the power play? You're at least starting off on a line with Huberto and Sharon Govich, and we'll see where that goes. And maybe you do wind up on a contender sooner rather than later. I think if you're Kuzmenko, you feel stronger about your chances of showcasing what you have as a as an NHLer playing on a nightly basis rather being than being in and out of the lineup like he was with Vancouver and Rick Tockett. That's at least my my take on it. I'm interested to hear Andre's side of things and why he thought Calgary was a good opportunity. But yeah, his, his no trade does still exist. And um, again, that only limits him to certain teams. And as he's proven, um, if the right opportunity comes, he'll he'll go to the to the next opportunity. If it's not Vancouver, if it's not Calgary, he'll he'll move on. Uh, this one from Mick, uh, I heard Elliot mention a second round pick for Tanev. There's no way I'm moving him from that, especially if they retain 50%. There's a lots of teams interested. Uh, if it's the Leafs, I need a first round pick that from Mick. Uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. The Tanev one, because every time you hear Chris Tanev's name out of an NHL insider, um, whether it's guys in Vancouver or Elliot or Frank, it's, you know, a handful of teams at least that are interested. Now, we did hear the same thing about Nikita Zadorov, and that didn't really push the price point up. So if all those teams involved aren't willing to up the ante, then if you're Craig Conroy, you, you just take whatever you feel is the best offer. But I'm, I'm starting to wonder if, if you couldn't push it to a first, if a team was really desperate to get Chris Tanev, I, especially with salary retention. Mick makes a good point there. If you're going to retain half, on Chris Tanev, maybe the expectation should be to get a first-round pick. Um, that's going to be an interesting one to watch for, for sure. Uh, this from Scott in Yorkton. I know the Kuzmenko will get a chance to play this year, but the flip probably won't happen until next year. Should he score a lot of goals before the trade deadline? Yeah, and, yeah, and Scott, that's a really good thing that I mentioned a little earlier. I think if you are considering flipping Andre Kuzmenko, if you're the Calgary Flames, this year is probably a bit of a long shot. Um. But there's, again, I don't think he's at a restrictive salary or, you know, he's, he still fits a need for this team, even at 28 years old, being a right shot scoring option 
for them, if it does take until next year or it's an off-season thing, I don't think that's the worst-case scenario for the Calgary Flames. It's not like they're crawling, needing every penny of the cap space right now and all of a sudden taking on Kuzmenko's contract has put them in salary cap hell or anything like that, and it won't be like that heading into next season either. So if it does happen to go into next season and he is able to build his trade value up enough that Craig Conroy is able to get some sort of assets for him, I don't think waiting's the worst thing that that happens here either. Uh, what do we got here? Uh, fan feedback line open at 960-960. Uh, Justin from Old says, Hey, Logan, hope the All-Star break was good to you. What do you think about the London police conference held today? Do you think we'll ever see Dubé in a Flames jersey again? I know they're innocent until proven guilty, but yikes. Otherwise, love the show. Love the haul we got back for Lindholm. Great trade, in my opinion. Uh, All-Star break was good. Appreciate that. Um, we did hear the London Police Conference today. Uh, it was on Sportsnet 960 as part of an extended version of the Jeff Merrick Show. Uh, you can just Sportsnet.ca. Paul Grant, a senior editor for Sportsnet's, uh, handling all of that and the reaction to what we heard today. Those press conferences rarely leave you feeling good about anything. Um, I'll say this. The London Police got one thing right in my mind, and that's apologizing to the victim about this taking so long. Uh, we shouldn't be here in 2024 dealing with an issue that happened in in 2018. That's just not um, that's just not okay in the justice system. As far as I'm concerned, you can have a different opinion than I do. As far as Dubé in a Flames jersey, I I have no idea. It's such a tough it's a tough thing. I, I you want to, and you're 100 percent right, Justin, that you're innocent until proven guilty, and you want to remain as neutral to the process as possible, as hard as that can be when charges like this are, are laid out. I think you need to let the the process happen through the legal system and then go from there. How long that takes, whether the NHL brings down their own sort of discipline after all of that, it's just way too early to say. So if you have an opinion on it and you feel like like they shouldn't be allowed to play or that they shouldn't or should, I, I, I'm not going to tell you how to think about it. I just think it's it's too early to get into that sort of thing. It feels like there's a an awful lot that's going to happen before we can even discuss whether these guys are playing in the NHL or eligible to play. And um, it's going to take a lot of court time and a lot of reporting time that um, I don't know enough about to, to tell you how I think it's going to all play out. So, uh, that's some of the text line at 960-960. It's always open to you here on Sportsnet today. We'd love to hear from you on this Monday. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back on the other side. Flames are in Boston getting set to kick off a huge four-game road trip following the All-Star break, some new lines, some new decombos. We'll get you the latest from the Flames in Boston as the show rolls on. Don't forget Julian McKenzie joining us in Hour 2, all part of a busy Sportsnet today here on a Monday on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, so the Calgary Flames back on the ice on Monday in Boston, getting set to kick off a four-game road trip out east. No easing into it post-All-Star break for the Calgary Flames. Those new lines and D-pairings going to get a shock to the system right away. You're taking on the Boston Bruins Tuesday night, one of the best in the league once again in Boston. Some early starts for you on the road trip. Boston, 5 o'clock start. I mean, Steinberg's got your Flames warm-up at 4 o'clock. Same thing for Thursday when the Flames are into New Jersey. 
Some Saturday morning hockey for you. Flames taking on the Islanders at 11 a.m. Mountain Time. And the road trip ends off against the Rangers next Monday, a week from today. Boston, New Jersey, New York, New York before a four-game homestand for the Calgary Flames in the month of February. Oh, just happened to see those same Boston Bruins again. Plus Winnipeg's coming to town. San Jose and Detroit mixed in there as well. Uh, no easing into it for the Calgary Flames. They're back at it on Tuesday. The NHL schedule is back and up on this Monday. Two games to tell you about. You've got the Colorado Avalanche in New York to take on the Rangers for a 5 o'clock start. And Sportsnet's Monday Night Hockey features Patrick Waugh and the New York Islanders in Toronto getting set to take on the Leafs. That one a 5 o'clock start across the Sportsnet television network for your viewing pleasure. Uh, Flames back in action Tuesday. Other teams around uh, the Saddle Dome. The Wranglers getting a bit of a break. They've sent uh, Dustin Wolf and Matt Coronado to All-Star Weekend in San Jose. Wranglers have been dealing with uh, a lot this season, but those two guys have been killing it. Right now, the Wranglers, uh, as they head into All-Star break, have fallen to third in the Pacific Division. 42 games in the books, 24 wins, 14 losses, three OT losses, one in the shootout, 4-5-0-1 in their last 10. Not uh, what we've been used to seeing for the Wranglers, but you got to admit, Trent Calls has been doing a pretty damn good job with that group, knowing how uh, there's been injuries to some of his key vets that are there on a consistent basis. The Flames have very consistently asked for help from the Wranglers. They've uh, sent help down for a couple games. Shillington got a workout there for a couple games. Same with Pelche and Rooney, but as soon as they were healthy, back up to the NHL squad. And the Wranglers, as it happens, and that's what they're there for, is to help uh, the parent club at the NHL level. But uh, still, the Wranglers have done pretty well uh, adapting to injuries and calls. But they're on their all-star break right now. Good to see Matt Coronado and Dustin Wolf get some recognition for the great season that they're having. And uh, keep an eye on the Calgary Hitman as well. One of our... Outstanding producers this afternoon, Azam, is our Hitman reporter here on Sportsnet 960. Good uh, good run for the Hitman, Azam, after the trade deadline. Indeed it was. Uh, it's nice uh, seven, one and or 6-1-3 and three record in the month of January, which is really nice for the team. Uh, really counting on all these young 16-year-old players. Yeah, maybe we will see some uh, playoff hockey back at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. It would be nice to see uh, the Hitman squeeze in there. They picked up a big win. On Sunday, if you don't know, Sundays are Sunday fun day at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. 6,714 fans in attendance for the Hitmen and a big 8-1 win over their rivals, the Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, let's hear from head coach Steve Hamilton following a big victory for the surging Calgary Hitmen. Coach, uh, after a big bounce back uh, win after uh, Lethbridge's loss, but uh, how do you evaluate this one and how you guys performed and played? Yeah, I... Uh... I thought we were a little bit slow to start in the first period, but we got a little bit um, more energized in the second. I thought we challenged the puck better in the second period, and um, you know, and then power play was obviously good. And once that got going for us, we, um, you know, we were able to, you know, get a little bit of separation in the game. And I just liked our overall second and third period much better. 
having gone through Friday, which was chaotic, to say the least. Special teams is a big factor, especially both on the power play and the penalty kill, comparing all three games over the weekend. The power play really showed its strength tonight. Uh, do you just see on both sides of the team how much they've improved? Yeah, I, I mean, our power play was real good Friday, real good today. Um, didn't get a lot of opportunity yesterday, but, um, you know, we're we're still growing guys into roles and, and penalty kill especially. When you look back at, you know, the, we've had some really good penalty killing teams over the last few years, and, and part of that was um, more mature guys understood the, the role, started with a lot of face-off wins with Fiddler Schultz, and, you know, we had Sean Chagall and, and Brandon Wynott. We had different guys that just really embraced that. So our penalty kill is still a bit of a work in progress. We're trying to get different guys to... Um, really work through those minutes so that's uh, it was good to see that they, they stepped up tonight Have Playing again forward uh, as a defenseman do you see his versatility as an asset for this team? Absolutely he plays forward and then kills penalties as a D um, and that's really for us we've got eight defensemen we really like um, and it's hard to rotate guys out when they've played well and have no real reason to come out and it's just managing ice time and things like that so um, to be able to get a another D who's got the flexibility and versatility to play up front is is helpful and he's also a very good penalty killer so that versatility helps us a lot. Connor Bear gets into his second WHL yeah. game uh, plays alongside with Tyson Greenway do you think uh, his game has elevated after his first game? He was great tonight he was scrappy and he's always around the puck and and he's smart and makes good decisions with it like he's going to be a really good player for us and um you know you could make the argument that he could play now um not too often do you see teams with six 16 year olds on the ice um like we had tonight when you think about that um but he's come in and he just has an even keel about him and he works so his future with us is is going to be really positive and really bright because uh, lots to like about its game. Excellent puck management in third period here, especially after a three and three. Now you go into a week with a lot of games again. How important is that specific aspect going into this week? Yeah, it's it's when we when we have the most success, we're predictable and we know where pucks are going. We're attacking with speed, and when we're not when we don't have speed, we we want to be about putting pucks into places we can get to it first. And um, you know that's a work in progress. Uh, you know the behind the back stuff the drop passes at the blue line you know those are the things we're really trying to you know wean out of our game and i liked what i saw today we were far smarter about just understanding sometimes gaining territory is more valuable than than the high risk you know high risk maneuvers that we've pulled off in the past so Carson Witch, uh, since coming back from the top prospect game, really has taken a boost of confidence to his game and gets his first career WHL hat trick today, yeah. but he has taken another step as well. Absolutely. Love that kid. Love the way he plays. And uh, I think he's just honest and, and you know what you're going to get game in and game out. And he's strong and physical and he challenges off the rush. And, and those are the things that, you know, make him a top prospect. And, you know, he, he's been so good for us. He's really part of our identity you know part of our um, future going forward so he's playing extremely well and it was glad to glad to see him be able to tuck that third one. Ethan Bonaventure uh, two games since coming for injury but he doesn't seem like he's missed a beat how do you value your goaltender tonight? He was great you know uh, probably uh, he 
he probably we owed him one for the debacle on Friday where we were just trading chances back and forth so it was uh, it was nice to be able to have a bit of a lower event night for him he was excellent Friday and we gave up five goals and I don't put any of that on him so to be able to come back and and give him a night where he's seeing pucks and it was more fair to him for sure there you go that's Hitman head coach Steve Hamilton big win for the Hitman on Sunday night 8-1 over the Edmonton Oil Kings they've been rolling since the trade deadline Moved out some veteran pieces, had some people wondering about the future of the team going forward, at least this season, but they've uh, kept themselves in the race for a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. They've still got three games to go on this homestand. Wednesday, they welcome in the Regina Pats, game you can hear right here on Sportsnet 960. Same with Friday night against the Medicine Hat Tigers at the Dome, and then another Sunday fun day coming up. Uh, oh, they're going to play Saturday, excuse me. Uh, Moose Jaw's coming to town for a 2 p.m. start on Saturday. Uh, so the Hitman going to be in town with the Flames out. Same with the Wranglers. Uh, they're back in Calgary for two games against San Diego Friday and Saturday at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome and then Manitoba in next week. Of course, Matt Coronado and Dustin Wolf away from the team right now as their all-star break is happening in San Jose and Wolf and Coronado going on to be the representatives for the Calgary Wranglers. Both of them having great uh, seasons so far for the Wranglers and We've seen them at times with the Calgary Flames, maybe down the stretch, uh, a chance to see them once again. And I meant to get to this in the first uh, segment of the show today, uh, so shame on me for missing out on this, but did want to pass along. Uh, Jeff and Elliot mentioned it a bit on the Jeff Merrick show, but uh, a message from Lanny McDonald uh, today. He had a bit of a, um, as he called it, a cardiac event uh, after arriving back at Calgary Airport yesterday, coming back from the All-Star game in Toronto uh, mentioned that there were two nurses who were passing by, catching their own flights, who immediately jumped into action uh, in the rush of their moment. They didn't get the names uh, of the two nurses who helped them, but uh, Lanny went on to thank uh, responders from the Calgary Airport Police, Calgary Paramedics, Calgary Fire, and WestJet. Um, he's here at the hospital, uh, continues to get great care, but wanted to send our absolute uh, best wishes to Lanny McDonald. Um, as we know, a Calgary legend on and off the ice. You can't, you really can't name a better representative uh, for the city, for the hockey team than Lanny. Um, it's why he's at All-Star Weekend. It's why he's on the dad's trip. Um, it's just a great human being and wish Lanny nothing but the best with his uh, recovery. Hopefully not long before we see the mustache back around the Scotiabank Saddle Dome and back around the Calgary Flames uh, doing what he loves, but just wanted to take a quick second to Make sure that we uh, acknowledge that Lanny had a bit of an incident coming back from uh, from All-Star Weekend, but he's doing okay. He put out a message uh, through his Instagram. Flames alumni have passed along uh, the message through their social media channels, so check out Twitter or wherever uh, you pick up that sort of stuff if you want to read the whole statement. But uh, for everyone here at Sportsnet 960, we're th- sending our best wishes to Lanny for a speedy recovery and hope to have him uh, back out and about uh, sooner rather than later. So those kind of things always uh, scary. But uh, and if you hey, if you know those two nurses, um, make sure to give them some kudos for a great uh, effort. It's not surprising. I got great people here in the city of Calgary that are always willing to help. But um, airports can be a stressful, crazy place. That sort of stuff happens, and um, you have to worry about your flight and what's going on. But it doesn't surprise me that uh, people in the nursing profession would jump to help and. Um, that's great to hear. Hopefully Lanny's doing okay. And uh, we see him back out the flames sooner 
then later. Uh, again, two games on the NHL schedule tonight. You want to watch the Leafs and the Islanders, you can do so on the Sportsnet Television Network. That's uh, Patrick Waugh uh, and the Islanders heading into Toronto to take on the Leafs. you got the Avs and the New York Rangers. Just two games on the NHL schedule as they get back from All-Star Weekend. All-Star Weekend, I don't know, a success? Fun? Did you watch it? Did you consume any of it? I don't know that it was. Got some cool performances. Tate McRae was probably the biggest Calgary sensation on it. I know people loved Michael Bublé saying he was microdosing on mushrooms. Uh, you had Bieber in the very weird coat coaching behind uh, Austin Matthews and some of the Toronto Maple Leafs guys that they drafted. So, yeah, I mean, it's not for everybody. We, we talked about it last week. It's, it's never going to be perfect. Um, I think the NHL is probably pretty happy with it. They seem to get a lot of uh, views and attention this week uh, using some of their star power with some of their big fans like Tate McRae and Bieber and Will Arnett, uh, Buble and some of those guys. So I think from an NHL perspective, probably pretty successful. Uh, Julian McKenzie, our pal from The Athletic, was in Toronto uh, covering All-Star Weekend, and we're going to pick up with him in hour two, get his sense on what it was like and what it was like to chat with uh, a guy like Elias Lindholm who – Went uh, on the plane as a Calgary Flame and on the other side wound up a Vancouver Canuck and got to meet some of his new teammates in Toronto. So we'll check in with Julian on hour two. Uh, some of your texts here at 960-960 as we close out hour one. Going back to our conversation about Chris Tanev um, and what the Flames might be looking for in return. Uh, this text says, let's pump those brakes a bit on a first round draft pick for an injury prone 34-year-old defenseman. Might be a little bit over the top. I don't know how over the top it is. I, I There seems to be a lot of interest in it. And yes, Chris Tanev doesn't usually play 82 games, but when you need Chris Tanev, it takes an awful lot to get him out of the lineup. And I know other GMs value him. I know other teams around the league know what he's going to bring. And if you feel like you're in a position to compete for a Stanley Cup, I mean, even after the Elias Lindholm pick up people in Vancouver are still screaming on Twitter that Chris Tanev needs to be the guy to come in and help solidify their decor. If it takes a first round pick, if someone's willing to, to pay that, I don't think it's the craziest thing ever. Do I think a second round pick is maybe more likely? Sure. But the closer we get to the trade deadline, the more teams that are involved, Elliot listed off at least five or six teams uh, on the 32 thoughts podcast on Monday. If a bidding war does happen for Craig Conroy, I wouldn't be stunned if that's what it took. If that's, at the end of the day, what the cost was. Again, I'm not saying that's going to happen. You can think it won't, but I just think there's a lot of value in a guy like Chris Tanev. You're talking about a playoff push and a guy that you want to add seamlessly into your top four and help your penalty kill out. Chris Tanev would pretty much be the closest guy that I would... Uh, think of if he was available, and we know the direction the Flames are going. It sure looks like he is available. Uh, this text comes in from Oliver. Uh, with the announcement from the NHL regarding NHL players returning to the international play, Four Nations Tournament in the Olympics, do you think any of the current Flames will represent their country? Uh, Markstrom, Anderson, Sharon Govich, Uyghur seem the most likely. You know what? I haven't I haven't even had the chance to do it. I'm ashamed of myself because I'm usually um, very quick to start doing that. And even in the last couple of years when we haven't had any promise of best on best play, 
I've written out my Team Canada lineups. Cam, we did one a, like a year ago. Yeah, I remember that. When we were talking about best on best hockey, we wound up doing one. We included Brody for some reason. <laughs> um, Bad idea. Yeah, we, like, we've done it before. I haven't even... I haven't even thought about it. I, I'll pull up the Flames roster. I've thought about it a little bit because I know I know Jay Fresh sends those those Google quizzes out, and it's like, who would you pick for Team Canada and Team USA uh, for twenty twenty six? So it's been on my mind, but I'd be I'd be interested to go in through it and uh, really break down the forwards and defensemen and goalies that we would send. Without knowing off the top of my head, the other Swedish goaltenders. I'll I'll you know I'll just go off of like say the four nations next year. I think the Olympics is probably too far ahead to look at, but I'll say four nations next year where we've got Canada, Finland, Sweden, and the United States going uh, in place of the All Star Game and in place of the World Cup of Hockey. I think Markstrom's pretty easy to be in contention for Sweden. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. Um, could I see Uyghur in the conversation for Canada? Yeah, probably. Maybe towards the back half of it, maybe as like a seven or eighth kind of guy. I haven't seen him in the top six of too many. If he keeps playing like he is and scoring, he's going to make a case for it. Uh, so I think that's a pretty good one. Again, I don't know what the Swedish D looks like. I'd assume Anderson for sure. If you're keeping Rasmus off, the D's pretty set. I don't want to say anything about Shillington. It's probably too soon. Maybe Noah on the U.S. side of things would be another name that I'd throw out there. And, and if, it, if we are talking about next year, it wouldn't stun me if, as far as four nations go, if Michael Backlund's in consideration. He's captained Sweden before. And I think the... Um, the management groups that put Team Sweden together have a lot of respect for a guy like Michael Backlund, so yep. wouldn't stun me. Those would just be the initial names. Again, not going too far off um, a list or anything or even looking at comparables for other teams. That's just off the top of my head. <laughs> that's the best I could do for you all over. Um, but, yeah, as those conversations, as those um, events get closer, I-, I can't wait to dive into – who could play for what country, even if it's four nation. And then we get to start talking world cup every two years and Olympics every two years. I'm just excited about it. It was one of the best announcements uh, from all-star weekend is that we're going back to international hockey. I'm very, very excited about it. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back on the other side. We're going to get you the latest from Boston. Lots of news around the Calgary flames, some line changes, uh, some new faces in the lineup for the Calgary flames. Plus, We'll check in with our guy, Julian McKenzie, who was on the ground in Toronto for All-Star Weekend and is on the flames with this road trip. All of it for a busy hour, too. It starts next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.